This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't really do any of that shit. Joining me today, he used to be my coworker at a website called Crack.com. He's still the host of the Cracked Podcast and the host of another fantastic podcast called One Way to Make an Emoji. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite people in the world, Alex Schmidt. Also joining me, he is a fantastic comedian. You've seen him on Newsbroke videos. You've seen him on Good Mythical Morning. He hosts a fantastic podcast called Pod Yourself a Gun that's about the TV show Sopranos. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Lee. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host. Jeff will be back soon, but until then, it's just me and the comfort of being locked down during a pandemic, but I also have guests. For example, Matt Lieb is here. Hey, I'm back, baby. I love it. I love this podcast. How is it going? It's been a while since you've been on. I know it's been too long, man. It's been going great. It's been going great. You know, I uh, I'm flourishing in uh, in quarantine. Uh, I love not having to leave my house, and I hope it lasts forever. Same kinda. I'm really <laughs> I'm really finding my groove during all this. I've oh, lost a bunch a of groove. weight. I'm saving money. Oh, wonderful! Network's going well. I love oh, it. Beautiful. And also joining us, one of my favorite people in the world, Alex Schmidt. Oh, you're one of mine too. Hey, this is great. Oh, I'm so excited. How's it going? I was just on the Cracked podcast talking about the 90s and how they sucked. <laughs> yeah, you you and Shadow, you guys are great on it because uh, you've uncovered so many things about like the AOL CDs and, and the other things that you just forget or like, like right now we're like, I, I feel like one of the biggest surprises with the pandemic is that we didn't run out of internet. I really thought we all would be out of like, not material, but just like bandwidth and like ability to use it, you know, but we can all just Zoom call 24 seven and it's fine. It's great. And in the 90s, you couldn't you, you could look at like one video at a time uh, in the entire world. That's true. I do feel like there was uh, an initial squeeze. There was like a bottleneck early on or maybe just in my neighborhood in East Hollywood. All of a sudden, everyone's Internet just kept going out. And um, I was like, what is this, a third world country? And then uh, <laughs> and then they fixed it. And I was like, all right, it's a good country. Go America. Yeah, I was worried about that initially, that with everyone being home and being on the Internet all at once, that it was going to be chaos. But it seems fine. Yeah, it's working out. Yeah. We can handle it. Sure. Yeah, I thought it would be like that thing when everybody flushes at halftime in the Super Bowl. But it's not. It's just normal. It's, it's all fine. <laughs> the pipes are doing good. I've never heard that. Like thing. all the all the pipes in all the American cities just get like overloaded at halftime of the Super Bowl because everybody shits Everyone's... at the same break. Oh you know? my god! I did not know but, that. Uh, yeah, but the internet doesn't happen. It's fine. Everyone shits at the same time. I, I I never I never thought that that would be an issue, but it makes a lot of sense. We should all take a shit on the internet at the same time and see what that happens. is. What <laughs> that's what podcasting is, though. Kinda. It, it, it really is just. <laughs> A bunch of dudes taking a shit on the internet. We'll do it like that Imagine <laughs> video that started going around when the lockdown started, except it'll oh. just be a bunch of podcasters taking a shit. Yeah, yeah. While and, Imagine uh, plays in the background. Exactly, exactly. Their rendition of Imagine, too. So every voice that happens uh, will be accompanied by a different person just taking a massive poo. <laughs> we should get on that. Let's just stop the podcast now and go 
fire up that video. We'll start hey, the chain and then we'll post it. Hey, listen, I I'm I I can shit on demand now. I've learned in <laughs> quarantine, like just if I have to, even if I don't have to take a shit, sometimes I'm just like, oh, you know, it'd be nice taking a nice do, and then I'll just go to the bathroom and do it, and I'll just something will come out. I can give myself a colonic, is what I'm saying. It's a little time to yourself. Who doesn't like that? So yeah. everybody's getting new hobbies. I love it. <laughs> Some people are baking bread. Some people are taking command shits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pinching a loaf myself. Hey, oh, we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we've been doing a lot of episodes lately where we just talk about news stories that you might have missed because of coronavirus because it really is the only thing people are talking about on the news like researching these episodes is it's like a scavenger hunt i go through so many headlines that are just coronavirus stuff and i usually come away with about 10 that aren't I mean, there's other news, but some of it's a lot of it's boring. And fuck that news. We're here for the fun news. Hell yeah, dude. We're done with this massive death of coronavirus news. I want to know what's going on in the in you know page six. I want to hear about gossip. You want to hear about esports scandals? Hell yeah, dude. I've always wanted to know what esports were. Yeah, this this is one of my favorite stories uh, since at least last week when we talked about the AI program that was deemed too dangerous to release that was finally released to the public last week. That was a fun story. So is this professional race car driver gets busted using professional gamer stand in for esports race. This is a Formula E racer, which is a uh, motorsport championship that uses only electric cars. So it's lame. So does that just so I can fully understand when you say professional race car driver, this is someone who actually physically races cars like real cars. And uh, he's been now limited to online play or something. Or is this someone who is an esports guy? Um, the the guy in question who got busted cheating is an actual race car driver. Damn. Like an American equivalent of this would be like if the NBA, instead of trying to bring the NBA back in July, which it seems like they're going to do, if instead of that they were like, what if we just have LeBron James play NBA 2K20 with a professional gamer and they'll just all play online. And also some major league baseball players on Twitch are doing that. That's actually like going on. Are they playing MLB the show? Yeah. There's a guy, guy in the white Sox, Lucas Giolito is like playing as the white Sox against other guys from other teams. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I just bought an Xbox when the quarantine started because I figured it would be a good time to get into video games, but I didn't realize you can't play MLB the show on Xbox. So I was very disappointed. Yeah, that's the annoying thing about consoles. It's like there's some games that they're just like, oh, we don't make it for that, which is very annoying because it's like, why? You know, just just make it. Someone could. Um, But yeah, I I have a PlayStation 4 and uh, and I'm I used to be a PC gamer and I was really into fucking all the like, uh, you know, like Half-Life games, Portal, all that shit. And uh, they don't make it. They don't make it for for Xbox. So I just got to play Call of Duty. It's fucking bullshit, dude. <laughs> duty. I thought this was America. <laughs> yeah, duty. Yes. Very good. <laughs> that was great. So yeah, this Formula E, they're doing that basically. They're having their actual racers team up with esports athletes and having them compete in simulated races using this like racing simulation software. And it's important to note this is for charity. Like it's not going to determine the standings in the Formula E world or anything like that. But nevertheless, this driver named Daniel Apt, ABT, qualified in second place and managed to finish third in the race at home challenge. And his fellow drivers were immediately suspicious because he'd never finished higher than 15th. This had been going on for like nine weeks and he just all of a sudden finishes second. Yeah. Yeah, they said something's going on here. This guy's using he's using a, you know, an aim bot uh, or he hired a Korean hacker. I mean, this is it's so funny how it doesn't it doesn't really take much for everyone to revert into like my high school Call of Duty 
uh, or uh, high school um, Counter-Strike days where if someone was just too good at it, I was like, they're cheating, dude. This is bullshit. They got a fucking aimbot. <laughs> There's no fucking way. This dude is no scoping like fucking everybody like uh, fucking, uh, you know, and he's lagging at the same time. He's got that connection. This is bullshit. Yeah. I love when adults turn into that. It's very fun. I also I really like that this guy cheated and didn't win. That's just my favorite thing. Like- <laughs> that is great. That is great. And I do like that that uh even in like virtual race car driving, he still managed to crash and burn, you know? Like <laughs> he uh you know, it's supposed to be the safe alternative, but he still was able to ruin his career. Is he in trouble? <laughs> Yeah, he got he's disqualified from the race at home challenge. Obviously, well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Wait, how did they <laughs> how did cool. they discover it? Well, after he he was also fined ten thousand euros, which I believe is like four million U.S. dollars. And yeah, yeah, that's the exchange rate. The way they found out basically as soon as the race ended, a bunch of people who were racing against him went online and were like, "That that clearly wasn't him." Like we've been watching this guy race. For weeks now, and he's mm-hmm. horrible at this. And now all of a sudden, he's just beating the shit out of everyone. And he had a Zoom feed going during this race, but he had a microphone blocking the face. So you couldn't actually see the face of the person <laughs> driving. Wait, wait. <laughs> Wait, he got a stand-in? It's one thing to have someone else play for you remotely, but he was like, I also need you to be there physically, and I need you to make sure that your face is blocked. Did did he get someone who kind of looked like him? Did he have to hire someone who looked close enough to him, at least on the outward edges of his cranium, in order to to fool people? I hope he got a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan moving on a train set (laughs) in a window. That's, That's what I want him to be in the feed. Yeah, he had the person playing for him was an 18 year old professional esports player named Lawrence Herzing. And I think maybe he wasn't in the same room. I don't know why he was blocking his face. Maybe he thought he couldn't like make the appropriate reaction faces if he wasn't actually playing. I don't know. But the way they caught him is they checked the IP addresses. And they realized he could not have been playing at the time he claimed. So maybe the guy wasn't in the room, which makes the blocking your face with the microphone even weirder. Yeah, it's, it seems like a lot of the appeal of the esports thing is like mostly watching the player talk over the game. Like what they're doing is cool, but you really want them to be like yelling and stuff and saying stuff about the game. So he probably blocked his mouth so you just couldn't tell that. Like otherwise he has to do this really hard like TikTok lip sync challenge. There's the words, uh, you know, of like what the esports guy is is doing, you know. Yeah, I hope the esports guy just was was the one talking and just had a completely different accent and everything. Right. <laughs> like, hey. Something fishy about that guy. He keeps speaking five different languages badly. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, part of me is like more power to him because, uh, you know, he's a job creator. You know, it's like outsourcing that kind of job is, I think, warranted in these tough, tough times, uh, you know fucking it's it's hard out there in these streets uh, in these east streets specifically and uh, i feel like you know that guy you know gave a job to someone in need and we should celebrate that yeah he's in- also what's the worst case scenario the money if he wins the money goes to charity anyways it's not like he gets anything yeah he's keeping essential gamers employed oh, very good very good <laughs> Yeah, I'm also I'm amazed Formula E is not already an esports league, right? Like, how is that really sounds like some kind of esports need for speed thing? Yeah, yeah. All electric cars. I mean, I guess it's better for the environment. But even then, when you dig down into how those things are made, it's probably wait, 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 wait. It's not a video game? Formula E? No. Oh, I thought they were playing an online game. So they were actually racing like... uh... Well, Formula E normally is real out in the world car racing, but during the pandemic, they're doing it online. Okay, so just so I'm clear, uh, when you say they are playing, so it is an online game that they're playing, right? They're, it, okay, okay, good. I just for I, for a second, I I pictured like the like little tiny electric cars that they were controlling remotely, um, oh, yeah. at like like a Hot Wheels race, and I was like, that seems like a a lot of like you know innovation and tech went into something that you could just play in a virtual world 
Um, but that's sick, though. I'd watch the shit out of that. I think I would, too. I've been watching a lot of weird shit online. Yeah, especially sports. Like, it's it's a thirsty time. Our episode next week is about sports during the pandemic. And, man, it's grim. I was watching Korean baseball for a while there, which is actually pretty entertaining. I mean, it's, you know, it's baseball at the end of the day. So no, no nothing, nothing lost, you know too much in translation there but there is like you know uh, i've been watching a lot of rube goldberg machines a lot of people are building complex rube goldberg machines and every time i see one i'm just like uh, uh this is another fucking one of these videos and then i watch it till the end it's just like it's mesmerizing you know it's just like people they're putting in a lot of work to make these good and they are they are very impressive i'm very i'm impressed you know yeah, the flip side of that, I saw a link this morning that was a video of some guy doing a basketball trick shot. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. And it said basketball trick shot in 40 steps. And I got to like step 20 and was like, I don't care anymore. And I just turned oh, it off. I, I watched it all the way to the end. I didn't care either, but I couldn't stop watching it. It was like a drug. Do you watch like those an- videos, Alex? This is also, I, I haven't seen that video. And I feel like this is a time when I'm finding out what I really, really am not going to watch. You know what I mean? Like I have more time to watch stuff. So if I'm not sitting down with it now, it's not going to happen. Like that's Yeah, it. that's fair. So <laughs> it's a good test for that stuff. It's absolutely true. It is like at some point you do realize that like, well, if I'm not doing it now, I'm never going to do it. I have all the time in the world. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I have 10 books that I can just give away now. Like, I know that's it. You know, like they're they're not going to get cracked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like some people would literally go out in the world and, get, you know, tempt fate rather than watch, you know, half the videos that I watch. And uh, it's just a fancy way of saying that they would rather die than watch a Rube Goldberg video, which is fine. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I just like there's something about it to me that's just mesmerizing. It's like. You know, it's like when you're watching those, uh, you know, Domino's videos, too. People make a giant Domino set and it does a bunch of stuff. And I mean, but for me, that's just the sound. That's like an ASMR thing where I'm like, oh, I like the little sounds that Domino's make. And it feel good on my skull. Yeah, it is a pleasant sound hearing those Domino's fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's build some Domino's right now. I mean, shit, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all start on our toilets taking a shit. We place the Domino's in front of us while we do it. Hands are free, right? Easy. Great. And then the Domino's flush the toilet at the end. I love it. (laughs) And instead of instead of poo, it's it's uh it's just a bunch of Domino's. (laughs) So you're flushing millions of Domino's all at the same time. Take that, pipes. (laughs) That'll teach you to make indoor plumbing. Hey, speaking of important video game news, Microsoft's Solitaire game just turned 30 years old. Oh, congrats. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We could have been fucking that thing forever. I know. I know. Now it's too old. (laughs) Yeah, now it's washed up. Yeah. Yeah, it was initially released in 1990, starting with Windows 3.0. Wow. I did. I was very surprised by this next detail. According to Microsoft's blog post about the anniversary, more than 35 million people still play that version of Solitaire every month across 200 different countries. 35 million people? Yep. Still playing. And not just playing Solitaire, playing that specific old school Windows version of Solitaire. But does that mean that 35 wow. million people have, like, what, Windows 3 or whatever? No, you can still get it in the App Store. You can get it on iOS now. Wow. You can play it online. This, coming ac- across this article ruined my day yesterday because I <laughs> played about four hours of Solitaire after that when I should have been working on these notes. Oh, 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 that's what you meant. I thought you meant, <laughs> I thought you meant you were just like, these fucking people. You were just like, these sheep playing these bullshit video games. No, but instead you were actually just the one of the sheep. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a fun game. Solitaire is great. I don't know why they still play that specific brand of it, but, um, you know, you know why? Actually, I do know why. It's because at the end, all of the cards, they like, they, f- they fly everywhere yeah. and, uh, and it looks, very relaxing it's very satisfying it's a satisfying feeling when the cards 
they move all over the screen. I get it, dude. I did. I think within like less than a second, my brain heard like solitaire has an anniversary, then thought let's celebrate, then how would it celebrate? And then obviously the card's dancing. Like It's just yeah, built oh, into yeah, the yeah. game. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one natural celebration. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> there's literally one. They programmed a single celebration as the cards <laughs> flying on the screen. Yeah, it would either celebrate that way or with a global pandemic that forces everyone to be in solitary confinement in their yeah. homes. I, yeah, you got to imagine that the numbers are even further up now. There's like a spike during the pandemic. I mean, I'm playing all sorts of phone games that are just meaningless, useless. Nothing happens. You don't get anything. You just keep going. But there's there's just, uh, you know... I got I got to think I'm trying to not think my thoughts. That's why I play phone games, you know. So I take it you're not playing any Plague Incorporated then? Uh no, I haven't I haven't fucked with Plague Incorporated, but it sounds tight. What is it? It's a phone game where you play as a virus and your wow. goal is to wipe out humanity. Oh, I love this. I it's a lot this. of fun. I think it was it it was one of the most popular phone games before all this, and I I imagine it's probably weirdly more popular now. What is it called? Plague Incorporated. All right. Well, maybe, Have you ever yeah. played it, Alex? The, I heard they put out. I've played it. It's great, and I heard they put out a version where now you can play to defeat the virus. Yeah. Uh, like there's an update because they were like it would be in bad taste to just like leave this as it is and, and our only updates are like now the virus kills more people you know like that's that's not a good <laughs> look oh yeah damn. and one of the things that happens when you play it is you get these pop-ups that are like news like news headlines and you're yeah. supposed to mutate your virus in response to those news headlines and some of the headlines I'm seeing now remind me of the headlines you see in that game, like uh, party goers crowd pool at Lake of the Ozarks. And <laughs> yep. like if I was playing yep. Plague Incorporated, I'd be like, oh, you fucking idiots. I'm about to kill you all. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think yeah, I, it, I played it as recently as I think January. And there was a game event where the world has to like postpone the, the Tokyo Summer Olympics in the game because of the pandemic and then that just happened that's just the thing going on yeah I have the desktop version of that game too but I've never played it did you guys um watch the movie Contagion yeah yeah I, I like just saw it because it was on you know they offered it on like HBO Go um because you know they have taste uh in the <laughs> types of content they're offering during a pandemic and uh it, you know uh, it, it's it was pretty accurate. Is I was I was surprised at, at how accurate it was because like I, before when the pandemic first started, I watched Outbreak, and uh, it was far less accurate. You know, it was it was just uh, you know it was Dustin Hoffman is plays a a good guy who's just trying to find a monkey, and the government is gonna like bomb a town because the bomb sucks your breath out it was a bunch of dumb bullshit it sounds like rated r curious george that's great yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was yeah yeah it was like what if curious george was trying to murder the man in the yellow hat and uh <laughs> and the rest of humanity and like uh but contagion i was it, it it kind of like beat by beat uh predicted a lot of the stuff that's going to happen except except without the like really really high infection uh or uh mortality rate and, uh, you know, uh, so luckily it's not all that, but it had conspiracy theories, you know, popping up, fake, uh, treatments popping up, um, you know, people in the government being like, we can't, you know, shut things down. That's bad for the economy. And I was just like, wow, you know, it's, uh, it really is proof that, uh, art does nothing to society. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, people who think that whatever art that they're making is going to somehow change society, uh, are wrong. And, uh, they are not that important and that makes me feel good because I've always said that art is unimportant and it's just for fun yeah I 100% agree yeah it's about right yeah yeah it's kind of like how all those UFO movies that came out in the 80s and 90s people were like oh that's the government softening humanity up for an alien invasion uh -huh. and it's like the government is putting out real UFO videos now and we still don't care yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, we, we, we don't, we don't care. It's, uh, yeah. There's a Kurt Vonnegut quote about Vietnam where he says that, like, when Vietnam happened, artists basically tried to drop the equivalent of a, a plane dropping an atomic bomb on the idea of Vietnam, and we might as well have dropped a banana split out of the plane. Like, it did nothing. It was yeah. just Vietnam happened anyway. Exactly, it exactly. Yeah. It is, it, and it's just, I just, 
I feel like more people should uh, view art in that way so we can stop putting um, entertainers on a pedestal or, or filmmakers on a pedestal. Like all these people who uh, fancy themselves as being like particularly important. It's like, no, it's just content. This is slop for the piggies. That's all it is. You know, the piggies, they want their slop and they put their disgusting little noses into the trough and they nom, 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 nom. Uh, but it's not art. It's, it, I mean, it is art, but it's not important. You know? Yeah. Someone like Taylor Swift would have way bigger of an impact in an election just going on Instagram and being like, hey, vote for this person, as opposed to like putting out a really political Taylor Swift album. Right. Exactly. 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 It's like uh, or or like, you know, uh, Stephen Colbert on The Late Show. You know, it's like this 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 has no impact. And the proof of that is that, uh, you know, we are now living with a an, an administration that completely embraces everything that was like ironically funny about the Colbert report. Like every every single thing in there that was like, oh, we're going to push this to the extreme and it'll it'll showcase the absolute absurdity of uh, this, uh, you know, right wing uh, ideology. Now we have that and everyone's into it and no, nobody cares. <laughs> and uh, you can't you know, you can't satirize it. It just it is what it is. And, uh, you know, and now if we could. If we could just stop putting uh, entertainment on a pedestal, I think everything would be great. Is anyone watching Quibi? Uh, no, no, of course not. It was uh, I got it, but that doesn't stop me from taking just absolute pleasure in its like downfall. Like uh, it is, and, and and the reason I I take pleasure in its downfall is number one. I want to point out that I want people to work. I love that every few years a over-the-top streaming uh, service fucking rises, everyone gets paid, and then falls. And then a year later, someone's like, oh, what they did wrong was they didn't do enough money. And then they do it again. And then it's it's, it's like, it's this cycle that it's, it's seemingly endless, and I love it, but I just, there's something about the hubris of believing that you what's really going to sell this is going to be uh releasing a thousand brand new shows at once and hoping that something sticks it's like uh just ask someone who's been in the business for a while ask one person if that's going to work just i don't know Uh, that's what i'm saying it's just we all knew it wasn't gonna work and yeah i can't believe no one wanted to watch chance the rapper revive punked (laughs) (laughs) i mean we all saw Chrissy Teigen's courtroom show and said, that's a winner. That's something that, oh, you absolutely should pay her millions to do that. Not a waste of money at all. And and the greatest thing was like being in the world of digital content uh, for the past few years, um, hearing stories about what Quibi was spending their money on, not in terms of like uh, spending their money on like, uh, you know, talent or whatnot, because that makes sense. But they spent so much money uh, to create the ability to shoot a show so that it would work in both vertical and horizontal, they, like like literally the the amount of money that they spent so that you could watch a show like this or then flip your phone and it's still the same show but with a different dimension is like it, it's just it's insane to me. It's insane. Millions upon millions of dollars went into flipping the phone. And by the way, you guys remember Go ninety? What? No. Do you, you guys know I, about that Go- name rings a bell? But that's so it. Go, Go ninety was um, the one of the previous uh, over the top ventures. This one was uh, basically it was Verizon's over the top streaming service. It was an app that everyone who had a Verizon who had Verizon service you got Go ninety. So they spent all of this money on making content for like cnn and fucking like uh it was like a bunch of random shit all of a sudden awesomeness tv got a bunch of money uh full screen got a bunch of money all of these like like internet content creator uh like little studios ended up getting a bunch of money and then and then it just completely fell apart and all those like studios ended up like you know losing 90 percent of their uh of their employees and whatnot and their whole thing about going 90 why it was called go 90 is that you took your 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 screen and then you go 90 degrees and now you can watch shows 
That was it. It was go <laughs> 90. It was really, it was the whole concept was, was that, but you could watch shows horizontal and that'll people want that. It's like, nah, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I mean, there must be data to back it up, but I feel like people overestimate how much television we watch on our phones. Like I, I love those yeah. cell phone commercials where they, they talk about unlimited data and uh, enough data to stream as many movies as you want. And it's a whole family huddled around one smartphone. Like, no one <laughs> fucking no, does no that. <laughs> they have no idea. It's because they don't understand what the difference between, like, content, digital content, and TV is. It's like, there are different tiers of things that people will watch. They're, they don't understand why someone can release a fucking 30-second TikTok, and it'll get millions of views, but a show that they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on to make, you know, for people's phones doesn't work. It's a, There's like a, there's a disconnect as to like, they think we watch this shit, uh, like while fully paying attention like with mindfulness there's a difference in how we're watching this online content like i don't mean to over harp on the piggies analogy but it really is we are we are little piggies we're hogs we're ravenous hogs and we (laughs) just want to fucking just shoot our brains with a bunch of like quick little like uh quick bites as they call it quibbies um (laughs) But if you start giving us like a narrative, if you start giving us like uh, multiple camera angles, you start giving us what we would consider a show, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to put it on a bigger screen. I'm going to make a meal or, or, you know, or I'm going (laughs) to double screen this somehow. But you can't double screen when everything you're saying, it's not for your screen. It's not for your TV. It's for your phone. That's not that's not how it works. That's not we're not going to no. you. You put that shit on fucking TV. And then let me play Brick Breaker, and I'm going to play Brick Breaker, or I'll play that weird pandemic game that you fucking sociopaths been playing, and <laughs> and then I'll watch it at the same time. Hire me, dude. Fuck. <laughs> I'm working content. I know about the piggies. I know what the piggies want. They want to feed. Because you're, you're dead up, man, especially with that concept of, like, four people gathering around one person's phone. Like, I, I shouldn't look at someone else's phone for any reason. Like It, it feels like I'm looking at them with their clothes off or something. Like, it's really invasive. I, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't like when anyone looks at my phone. If someone looks at my phone, I'm like, what are you expecting to see? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you think a text is going to pop up? Like, if anyone ever looked at my phone, I'd be like, I'm not cheating on you. That's all. I, even if I wasn't dating them, I'd be like, I'm not cheating on you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's just insane. And the pressure of like intentionally showing people something on your phone, because that happens like once in a while. Like if they're not laughing within the first like 30 seconds, I'm like, this never mind, is never mind. hideously awkward. I'm so sorry. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It, it, even just showing someone something on your phone is is like. It, 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 yeah, it feels way too personal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I've uh, I've had a few experiences where people got a little overzealous with, oh, my God, look at this tweet. Oh, my God, look at this tweet. And it's like, stop it. If I wanted to be on Twitter, <laughs> I'd be on Twitter right now. That is how Twitter works. You don't bring it to the real world like that. Yeah. Or the, the only time that I, I'll accept something like that is if someone tells me a tweet they thought was funny. I mean, I'll first I'll sigh audibly, and then I'll go, "Okay, tell me the tell me the tweet." Like I'll do that, <laughs> but I'll accept it. You know, it's a valid form of conversation now because you know so many people do it. Yeah, my favorite tweet is the B and Michael B. Jordan stands for basketball. I don't remember who tweeted that, but it's a it's very wonderful good. tweet. <laughs> it's a very it, that's a great tweet, dude. It's a great tweet. Love a thank good you, tweet. thank you. I remembered it myself. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what should we talk about next? Let's talk about Jim Parsons. Turns out the Big Bang Theory could have run for two more seasons, and Jim Bar- Jim Parsons didn't want it to. And for that, I say Jim Parsons is a hero. God, I hated that show so much. It's definitely the show that made our parents and grandparents think they understand computers. I, oh, and I don't for like sure. that. For sure. For sure. 
Yeah, I think I think the show is okay, but it's not amazing. And also, it's it's definitely like for a lot of people. And if you if you know anybody who likes it, like they like Jim Parsons' character more than they like the entire rest of the show put together. Like he's he's definitely the Michael Jordan. And if he leaves the team, it's a totally different situation. Why is anyone watching that kind of thing? Yeah, the the B and Michael B. Jordan stands for Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I really only bring it up to mention that Jim Parsons is on a show on Netflix called Hollywood. Has anyone seen this show? Uh, no, no, but I haven't seen it. I, I my mom is watching it and finds it very good. Well, it's a really interesting premise. It's a Ryan Murphy show, and it's about Hollywood in the '40s and '50s. But it's about what if Hollywood embraced diversity in movies way back then? What if instead of waiting until like, mm, I don't know, 98 to start letting black people be leads in movies? What if we just did that from the onset? What would that look like? So it's actually kind of a feel good show. Like it's got a really happy ending. Like when you take it in context with how Hollywood actually works, it's not that happy of an ending, but just in that universe, it, it has a really happy ending. And Jim uh-huh. Parsons plays a Hollywood agent in that show, and he is one of the best villains on television. He's so fucking good in that show. He should win a fucking Emmy for that show. He's really great in it. Awesome. I, I, I want to check it out, uh, mostly be on the uh, recommendation by my mom, because... Uh, you know, my mom and I are very different people, but uh, usually if she likes a show, uh, I will also like that show. Like I, I, I used to, you know, I used to poo poo Downton Abbey and then I started watching Downton Abbey and I was like, it is, it's just wonderful. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful show. It's a great time. It's very funny. Maggie Smith is a national treasure or I guess an international treasure. It's fantastic. So my mom likes that show. And um, I, I, I like that, uh, you know, that Sheldon guy, the guy who plays uh, Parsons, Jim Parsons. He's uh, he's like, you know, he's there's something about him that I find uh, kind of like creepy in a funny way. You know, so I get it. I'm sure I would like him on the Big Bang Theory. I'll I'll watch this show if you say he's that good. I'm doing it on your recommendation and my mom's. I'm putting you up. You're basically my dad now, Adam. I'm fine with this responsibility. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. People should check it out. In other news, sadder news? I don't know if this is sad, mm-hmm. but uh, I hope you're sitting down at home. Mm. Hitler's alligator just died. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was, I was shocked, too. Can we separate a reptile from the actions of its owner? That's always the question. That, that is comes the question. Up. That's the question. I mean, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I may hate Bill Cosby, but I'll always love his parakeet. No, like what's <laughs> is, uh, w- w- so Hitler had an, a pet alligator, huh? Well, it's it's never actually been substantiated that Hitler <laughs> owned this. It's a weird fucking story. Basically, this alligator, its name is Saturn, survived a bombing raid on Berlin during World War Two. And uh, is rumored to have once been owned by Hitler. Just died at the age of 84. Apparently, alligators in the wild can live to age 50 and in captivity way longer than that. Huh. But uh, Saturn surprisingly hasn't been living in Argentina. Yeah, that is all the other Nazis that fled. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, was living just in a, a zoo a in Moscow. from Brazil type plot, but they're making Nazi alligators. Like, they're just growing them in bats, you know? <laughs> I like thinking about, like, the Israeli Mossad goes uh, goes and steals the alligator to try it in the International Criminal Court. <laughs> I hope this is where David Icke's entire reptilian theory comes from. <laughs> just saw Hitler with this alligator in some grainy black and white photo and was like, oh, see? Yeah, I knew it. That is, uh, that's crazy that like Hitler's alligator spent this whole time, you know, alive and well for years and years. And, you know, no one ever thought to like give it an interview, you know, so fucking fucking cancel make, it on Twitter. Cancel it on Twitter, dude. At the very <laughs> least, I'd love to see like a like a vice documentary about it where like some Brooklyn hipster goes like, so like, are you? Are you kind of sad about like what what your dad did to all those Jews though? 
<laughs> and then just like puts puts a microphone <laughs> into the alligator's face and it just it just eats the microphone. I'd watch that. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> the the alligator's name is Saturn. Wasn't born in Nazi Germany. It was born in the United States in 1936 and almost immediately gifted to Berlin. Damn. So, follow-up question, was Saturn a spy? Yeah, holy shit. It was working for the Allies the whole time. Who would have thought? Yeah, like there could still be a Cold War era listening device in that alligator's stomach. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this thing's going to live forever. This is brilliant. That's probably how, what if this is how we won the war? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, that's how the fucking Red Army found like the Vor bunker. Like it was like a found Hitler's hideout because uh, the alligator was down there. What if the alligator, holy shit, what if Hitler and Eva Braun didn't kill themselves? They got betrayed by the alligator. <laughs> they turn the around. And, I knew it was you, Saturn. This whole time, this whole time you've been working for the Russians. <laughs> Chomp. Yeah, just um, that's amazing, dude. You know what it was yeah. the whole time? It was an allies gator. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Anyway, I'll oh. turn my mic off and uh, depart. Uh, very sorry. Thanks for joining us today, Alex. You've been great. Oh, Croco, dial it down a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, there we go. I also want to die. <laughs> so in 1943, the zoo Saturn was being held in was destroyed in a bombing raid, at which point Saturn just sort of disappeared for three years. And that's when they think he might have been living with Hitler. But I I love that this alligator just goes underground for a few years and then reemerges after the war. Like, fuck, can you believe that happened? Yeah. Return of Saturn, dude. That's uh, that's what they mean (laughs) when they say that. I like I like that unless the alligator had it as an alibi, it was with Hitler. Like unless you can prove what else you were doing. Yeah, you were with Hitler. I mean, that's the obvious thing that would be going on. They look at they look at all the stamps in the alligator's passport, and they're like, "What the hell? What were you doing in Hitler's bunker? And why did they have a passport stamp?" Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, he was swallowing Jewish babies whole so he could sneak them across the border to safety. Oh, that's sweet. I like it. It's like a, a an underground scale road. All right, <laughs> so stupid. So dumb. (laughs) So in 1946, Saturn was gifted by British forces in Berlin to the Soviets so he could spy on Russia. And that's what Saturn's been doing ever since until he died recently. I mean, it's it's a it's a really it's a lovely story because it's a story of redemption. You know, it's a it's a story of, you know, getting through hard times, facing fascism. It has all of the elements of uh, the movie We Bought a Zoo, which I never saw. (laughs) Did you guys watch We Bought a Zoo? (laughs) no but on a podcast recently we did uh pitch the idea of a movie about a guy who quits his job to start a podcast called we bought a zoom oh i love it i love it that's really good that's very wordplay on this episode i'm into it yeah wordplay is fun you know it's a good time uh when i watched the trailer i think before uh that uh, i think i had shouted out more like we bought a jew no one in the theater enjoyed it (laughs) um and i left the movie before the screening that's just that's just how it goes sometimes sometimes you yell out something in a theater and you get a great response like uh there's a movie uh that m night Shyamalan did uh, called devil where's a bunch of people in an elevator dying and before the title came on i just yelled out elevator and uh and they liked that one but uh we bought a jew not so much what can you say you win some you lose some yeah can't win them all can't win them all. How about this next story? 130 different people have come forward claiming to be Jeffrey Epstein's heir. Really? A DNA yeah. company set up a website called EpsteinAirs.com. I went and checked. Still active. Where people who think Epstein might be their dad can come forward and attempt to lay claim to his $500 million plus fortune. So far, 130 people have come forward. Jesus Christ. It is like, it, it. it's kind of like Downton Abbey. <laughs> I hate to bring it back to, but, you know, finding the air is like half of the plot lines of every season. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, 
the question is, is that like the people who are claiming to be his heir, they're just saying that like my mom had me when I was when she was like 15. So it's like really a sad, sad story. All the people who think that it's like if you're possibly an Epstein heir, uh, it is uh, it's bad news. It's bad news bears. I, oh, also, yeah. I also got to figure at least a few of these people are, you know, like when I was in high school, I filled in a lot of Internet forms just for fun. And I had like <laughs> school to go to out in the world. You know, I was very busy. Like, it's just got to be like kids fooling around a lot of these a lot of these submissions. I don't think they mean it. That's a, yeah. That's so f- probably so far, point. only about a quarter of the calls have required investigation, but they haven't gone any further with any of them. So does he not, did he not have a will or something? He must not have. Like what's, what would his will say? I leave all my ill-gotten intelligence (laughs) agency money to the daughter of the 14 year old I had sex with on my private pedophile island. I would love it if he just left it all to Q. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you, you earn this Q. You and your (laughs) trusty anonymous trolls are out there. You deserve all this money. Yeah, if the company finds a convincing lead, they'll have to petition the U.S. courts for a DNA test to confirm the link. But then, if they do, that person would, by law, be in line to get some of that Epstein money. Get that Epstein money, dude. Why why not, I say, you know? Or, you know... Who gets the island? That's what I want to know. Yeah. What happened to that island? Maybe they can hold the next fire festival there. Dude, that's kind of perfect. That would be. And then like once everyone gets there, just set the island on fire. There's a documentary about Jeffrey Epstein that by the time this goes up, it'll already be out. But it's uh, airing on Netflix starting tomorrow, May 27th. I'm interested in it, but I'll tell you, I've been disappointed in every, um, I don't know what you would call it. Um, mainstream uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, doc and uh, I mostly mean audio documentary because there's a few different like audio podcast doc series about Jeffrey Epstein that you get into like his life right you get into like the kind of shady way that he uh, forget the name of his benefactor but he you know basically you know had the uh, what do you call it when you have like all of the money rights of somebody who's living um, power of attorney, power of attorney over him and all this stuff. But then it gets to his death and it's always like, and then he hung himself in the jail and then it ends. And then it's like, and then of course there are conspiracies about it, but uh, we're not going to bore you with those. And it's like, that's literally why I'm listening. <laughs> that's literally why I'm listening. Once again, my mom who is a normal person uh, is like she and i we've bonded a lot over the fact that epstein was definitely murdered and uh and it's nice because it's like you know it's like all we talk about is downton abbey and and jeffrey epstein uh and and uh, you know it's really brought us closer together but it's like like the idea that that wouldn't be the focal point of a documentary series about him uh or at least like a full episode that explains how it is rational to assume that he was murdered uh is like ridiculous to me it just makes me it just makes me angry alex do you think he was murdered i feel like i've like sort of intentionally avoided knowing more about him than i want to i think that's smart i have no idea yeah it's just the whole thing's just so (laughs) it's like truly the opposite of downton abbey it's just all gross and everyone's bad (laughs) And- <laughs> yeah. And the subject matter seems to, you know, just like anything nowadays has been um, kind of poisoned, pilled by the cultural culture war, you know, so like, you know, you can't take a stance on that or like have an opinion about it or, or even really just dive deep into it alone um without being introduced to a bunch of right wing conspiracies, a bunch of left wing conspiracies, a bunch of like just partisan um shit posters who you just yeah you know it's like i don't i don't care to know about your grand unifying QAnon pizzagate theory about jeffrey epstein like all i want to know is like the the facts around the murder and uh and it's it's impossible to avoid that when you look it up so uh yeah i understand avoiding it like the plague i wanted to avoid it too but it, it just like because it happened when like when it did happen, I was already kind of like going like, you know what has to, you know, not happen 
is he cannot die. That's all I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, what? When he got arrested, I was just like, they just have to keep him alive because we have to know, you know, who, how deep this goes. Because there's already evidence of like people in his black book being a lot of like very high up people, Bill Gates, fucking all these like people, like the obviously the Clintons and the Trumps and all that. And then when he died, I was just like, I guess I'm red pilled now. I, all I had to do was keep him alive and I would be a normal dude. But, you know, anyways. Yeah, I said the same thing when he died, that it it's probably was one of the most important things that we keep him alive because it's, if nothing else, for justice reasons. Yeah. Like he wasn't yeah. the only one committing these crimes. There were a lot of high profile people involved. And those people need to be brought to justice also. Yes, yes. And when he died, that all became a whole lot more difficult. Yeah, because it was really, it was like, you know, this is going to expose the soft underbelly of a lot of, you know, like the different world oligarchs. And I was like, that is, uh, that makes him automatically a prime target if you are, if you even believe that that's something that oligarchs do, which is like, you know, it's, it's something that I believe does get done by some oligarchs and then other ones. Like, I don't think Bill Gates goes around killing people. He just doesn't seem like the type of guy who does it. Um, but sure, a bunch of Russian oligarchs, sure, whatever. And, and so the fact that he died, I'm just like, this is now, now I think they're all murdering. They're all bad. Everything's everything's fucked. My brain is dead now. And MAGA. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I also feel like 60 years from now, I'm going to find out that some zoo has his alligator. That's going to be really upsetting. Like, I don't know why they would or it's like just, oh, this story's still going. Come on. Jeffrey Epstein's alligator. <laughs> he had to have one. Yeah. He's got an island. Yeah, that's true. You got to outfit it with some island monsters. Yeah. You got to get some, you know, that way you get people uh, trapped on the islands. It's just fucking patrolled by alligators. <laughs> so since we're talking about conspiracy theories, let's jump to this last story. Is Trump about to crack down on social media? It feels like everyone wants to crack down on social media, and I don't know if it's the worst thing. <sighs> it's hard to say. Well, what, what makes you think that Trump is about to crack down on social media he this is all according to the wall street journal wants to create a panel that would look into complaints of bias against conservatives on social media and other platforms he tweeted last week the radical left is in total command and control of facebook instagram twitter and google the administration is working to remedy this illegal situation stay tuned and send names and events and they actually last May set up a website where people could go online and, quote, share their stories of suspected political bias with the president. <laughs> so we've all probably been reported on that website. Dude, I hope at some so. Point. It'd be nice to fucking, you know, finally make a list, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was bummed that I wasn't on that journalist hit list, man. It's like, what, am I doing nothing important over here? God damn it. I, I did one time make a list of Jews, um, of, of uh, troublesome online Jews from Paul Nealon, the uh, white nationalist who was running for Paul Ryan's seat. Uh, Meaning you were on that list, because the way you said it made it sound like you compiled <laughs> the list of troublesome Jews. Oh, well, yeah, no, I made the list for him. You know, I was it was a, a contractor job. <laughs> no, I heard you on Fiverr. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. I fucking got that on Gig Salad. Um Yeah, you know, great website, Gig Salad, you find a lot of gigs. Uh, a lot of a lot of George Soros jobs, a lot of Jeffrey Epstein jobs. Uh just kidding. Um no, I uh, I was put on Paul Neal and put me on the list and I was like, it's a credit, you know, that's a credit. So it'd be nice to be, you know, informed on by uh, by uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure my dad would do it like my dad would definitely inform on me and be like, he's been saying a lot of socialist shit. Yeah, that I'm I'm interested to see where this goes, because we are like, it seems like we're already kind of cracking down on social media just in the other way. Like, and that's that's kind of the thing that's worried me when like David Icke gets his YouTube channel pulled and like deplatforming people like it feels good in the moment, but it's a weird precedent. And this is one of the ways that that precedent can take a turn and start working against the other side. Like Michael Moore just got his 
most recent movie pulled from YouTube. Now that that uh. one, I I'm I'm confused about. Uh, I don't know the details of that one. I do know that um, a lot of the people uh, there was there was kind of a, a left wing uh, environmentalist swell uh, that kind of uh, that was very mad at Michael Moore for for making this movie, and uh, it. It pissed me off because of the fact that, like, um, like I trust Michael Moore's filmmaking enough that, and what I mean by that is, like, I I know enough about him as a filmmaker to decide where he's kind of like doing the Michael Moore thing, where he's a little bit, you know, stretchy, stretchy, the truthy truth, and, uh, you know, it, but it's usually in service of making some point, right? Uh, so it, it, yeah, it, it's true. It's it's. But there's a difference between David Icke and Michael Moore, though. You know, I I do think that like there is something to be said for, um, for like the, I don't know. You're right. It sets a dangerous precedent, but at the same time, I don't see how you can uh justify some harmful content that like the internet does put out maybe 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 i'm wrong about that it just it seems seems hard to justify yeah it to me seems like a thing that should be judged more on individual content sure as opposed to because and it it even then like who decides what content gets banned in that situation like what's offensive to me and what's a conspiracy theory to me might not be the same for a person on the right where we're seeing a lot of people on the right who want you know videos about the russia investigation to be banned because they think that was a hoax just either way like today as we taped this trump was tweeting about a conspiracy theory about like Joe Scarborough killing a staffer or something. Right. And then like the widow of the person who just died of natural causes asked, asked Twitter to take it down. And so they're debating that like right now on that individual stuff. And I, I also, I also think Trump's just going to get worse in the run up to the election with this. Like, I think he sees a big benefit to himself getting banned or censored in any way because he's not an underdog until he does. So I I think it's only going to, he's like, just going to push this button for selfish purposes for a couple months at least yeah yeah i think you're right and and it's like he's you know the 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 whole censorship online is uh so immersed into the culture war that like whether you're on the left or you're on the right you are someone who thinks that the mods who whoever they may be uh, are are against you and for your you know ideological enemy people on the right think that facebook and twitter and youtube and all that is like uh all left wing and they're censoring the the right people on the left all think that like nazis get get a platform everyone gets a platform uh uh except for you know you know, like anytime anyone has something removed or censored or banned i can't I can't like even count the amount of leftists I know online who got suspended uh, for something random and are are like, this is, you know, Jack at Jack Dorsey. You you let Richard Spencer stay online, but you kick me out for a joke. You know, so it's like it's so immersed into the culture war that, you know, it makes you it almost like it cancels it count cancels everything out and all i can think to myself is like uh you know maybe it would be best if rather than starting by dealing with like nazis and all that by banning them uh go i would start with youtube and correcting the algorithm uh and not allowing you to uh automatically get further and further into this like really harmful rabbit hole where you are you know uh one minute you're like what happened to Jeffrey Epstein? And then an hour later, you're just like the Jews, you know? So <laughs> I, I think you, you have to start, you have to start there. And then, um, and then you have to just, you do have to have like policing. You do have to have, there are guidelines. And I, I think at the end of the day, that is, and it's, while it's true that, yeah, there are going to be people who get suspended for reasons. And, you know, you're like, Oh, what's going to happen? What if there's like some sort of hostile right wing takeover of, you know the facebook or twitter you know youtube but it's like you know these are these aren't public companies you know what i mean this is this uh, this isn't a public forum this is like you know they, they are companies that are privately owned and i do think that it would you know 
it would be unfortunate if all the platforms went far right wing, but I think that it's more likely that they all go corporate. And there are corporate standards, and I, I, I don't think they're necessarily good, but I do think that they're like there are corporate standards where look at like TV. There are certain things that NBC will not put on their fucking channel. What? Why wouldn't there also be certain things that YouTube wouldn't put on their uh, on their platform? I don't know. That's just how I look at it. No, I agree. Yeah, I think, and it's yeah, it's the kind of thing where if there is a bias, it's probably going to be toward some sort of corporate interest. But other otherwise, these sites are just kind of what they are and are are like fumbling toward moderating if they're doing any moderating at all. Like because also also Trump, I think, would like to get banned for his narrative, but. If he doesn't, he'll just claim he's being shadow banned and, and boxed in. And, you know, like like either way, that's going to be the message in, in September, October. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I my concern, and I've said this a bunch of times, is just the blanket term conspiracy theory. When people start talking about, oh, we should ban conspiracy theories from YouTube. Well, the idea that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered is a conspiracy theory. So should YouTube be a place where you cannot explore that theory at all? And if it's if it's decided that it's not, then where do you go? Like who where does a person go if they want to talk about things like that? Like coronavirus is another good example. Like it's not I don't think coronavirus was created in a lab as a biological weapon, but I do think the possibility still exists that it could have escaped from a lab as some part of accident. And that would also be a conspiracy theory. And you wouldn't really like if we push to institute some sort of hard ban on conspiracy theories on YouTube, I feel like in a lot of in more cases than not, it's just going to kind of shut down the conversation around things that should be talked about. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I do think that I I have uh, softened a bit on my blanket conspiracy theories are bad. Um, not that conspiracy theories in general are somehow right, but it's it's mostly I've, I've softened on the idea that like uh, I guess what it is is I've seen conspiracy theory quote unquote weaponized uh, against um, a lot of journalistic institutions uh, and then also weaponized by um, by journalistic institutions uh, who uh, are who have big egos and refuse to believe that like. Uh, anything that doesn't come directly from J school is could be grounded in reality in any possible way. So like it, it's it's a I, I've come to a point where I've realized that like w- number one you can't really ban conspiracy theory because then you're uh, you know a lot of a lot of journalism is uh, you know uh, just collections of evidence, but there's no. Uh, necessarily smoking gun for a lot of theories you know there's no uh you know there's not a lot of like video of trump saying hello are you the russians yes uh i would like you to do crimes with me please you know and if it's like by that standard russiagate would be considered a conspiracy theory and i i don't think that that is uh uh i i would think it's really bad to censor that kind of information. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really interested to see where this particular uh, facet of it goes. I want to see how far Trump takes cracking down on social media because it it does always run the risk of turning into a thing where all right, well now you're just not allowed to criticize the government on social media. That's a rule we've decided we should put in place in 2020. And I feel like. There's a good segment of the country on the left and right who really wouldn't care that much. Maybe not on the left, but there's a lot of centrist types who wouldn't care. They'd be like, oh, yeah, they're keeping us safe from socialists and white nationalists alike. So we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. uh, I think the one lesson that can be taken out of all of it is um, in general, social media is bad. Burn it to the ground. How about (laughs) how about that? I want that I 100% agree with. We could just get rid of all of it. Yeah, yeah. Either, you know, it's all allowed or we just burn that shit to the ground, baby. Hell yeah. Fight club style. It's but also, with- it's going to sound it's going to sound like I'm kidding. Really enjoy Pinterest, legitimately. It's a good time. A lot of a lot of useful recipes, uh like decorating stuff. It's great. Pinterest is still going? Yeah, it's pretty popular. Yeah. Hell yeah, it's it's out there, dude. You know what I, I miss? get on Pinterest. Yeah. I miss cool. I miss Tumblr porn. Yeah, they took away that. Yeah. 
And then they all moved to Twitter, and uh, it's not the same. It's not the same. Rest in peace, Tumblr porn. Rest in peace, dude. I don't even. I think that's the the gist of this podcast. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good episode. Thank you both for doing it. I appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Yeah. Uh, what do we have to plug before we get out of here, Matt? Uh, I do a podcast uh, about The Sopranos. Uh, it's called Pod Yourself a Gun, uh, where uh, me and Vince Mancini, my co-host, go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. We are the world's best and only Sopranos podcast. There are literally no other ones. Uh, if you that s- is surprising. Yeah. If you see anything. <laughs> Uh, in the podcast store that is not that it's like says it's about Sopranos, but it's not called Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, don't click on it. It's a computer virus. <laughs> and, That's good advice. Yeah, and follow me on Twitter at Matt Lieb, Instagram at uh, Matt Lieb Jokes. Alex, what do you got to plug? I make a uh, we do the Cracked podcast every Monday, and then also made a mini series uh, with help from many people, including Adam. Uh, it's called One Way to Make an Emoji. Uh, it's four episodes. It's very very special to me, very personal. It's about um, creating the Bison emoji that is live on Twitter now and will be on other digital services later this year. Uh, but also the story of that and, uh, and a lot more. A lot of guests. Chet Wild is on it. It's a good time. And you got you got that in right at the buzzer. They stopped. I think I read they st- they like shut down approving new emojis for a while because of coronavirus. Yeah, they got the one that the bison is in will go through on time. And then the next class is delayed at least six months because they're just like busy, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of kind of worked out timing wise. Buzzer beater. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am like Michael Jordan. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the takeaway. <laughs> the B in Michael B. Jordan stands for bison. <laughs> Call back. Oh, we're bringing it all the way around. Did you? Uh, and you did say bison, right? I, so people, I've learned there's both pronunciations are correct, either bison or bison. And I think okay. I, I just picked up bison as like a, it's like a very upper Midwest Great Plains regional. Sure, thing. sure. Yeah. I mean, they're actually close to them, so I think they're right. <laughs> <laughs> you can subscribe to the network at patreon.com slash unpops for just $5 a month. So cheap. You get so many podcasts every month. It's it's uh, really taxing. And follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown and at Unpops on Twitter at Unpops.podcast on Instagram. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Matt, say goodbye. Bye. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bristol Street, bring a blood object to Bristol Street, I'm not